0: In many ways, we're educating a generation for a future that we can't imagine. Taking myself as an example, there's no way that as a high schooler, even in college, that anybody could look at my interests, skills, passions, etc., and say, oh yes, life coach, because such a profession did not exist. However, of my own accord, because I was unobstructed by parents, who weren't trying to dictate exactly what profession i should be in i was given the freedom that you actually need to track your own calling change careers break into new industries transition into new roles reinvent yourself and make the dent you want this is the second breaks podcast and now here's your host and fellow second breaker lou blazer
1: Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode 29 of the second breaks podcast, and it is Monday, December 11th, 2017, as I record this episode. The topic for this week is coaching, the what, the when, the why of coaching. Now, this word coaching is something that we hear a lot more often these days than say 10, 15 years ago. Put it this way, when I joined the workforce ages ago, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, Meaning before the internet, coaching meant performance coaching, usually something that you get from your boss, if you're lucky, or executive coaching, which was something that employers provided and paid for as a benefit to their, uh, for their high-performing staff. Nowadays, coaching is much more accessible. There are more people getting the benefit of coaching, and there are more people who say that they are coaches. But what is it really? Do we really need coaching? And how is it different from other things, like therapy, for example? My guest today, Tajan Renderos, is just the person to help us get clear on all of these questions. For today's show notes, you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode two nine. We mentioned a number of resources in this episode, and you're going to find all of the links to all those resources in the show notes. And you'll also find links to other tools and resources there, including the Pivot Essentials, which is a two-part primer on what it takes to make a career move in today's world. So you want to make sure you grab that. Again, secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 29. One other piece of business before I introduce Tajan, Second Breaks is running a workshop on big picture and goal setting called Steer Your Career. It will be in January 2018, just in time for the new year. This is a live online workshop and it's not open for registration yet, but you can get on the VIP list, which means you'll get notified early and be able to take advantage of early bird pricing. So check it out, secondbreaks.com forward slash workshops. Tajan Renderis is a certified coach, speaker, and trainer with years of experience in life and career coaching and youth leadership development. In this episode, Tajan and I talk about what coaching is and how it is different from talk therapy, why coaching is actually something we are quite familiar with already, and how to find out if you're ready to be coached. If you happen to be thinking that you might want to become a life coach yourself, Tajan also shares how she became one and the training that you may need in order to pursue this field of work. Let me transition to my conversation with Tajan, and as usual, I'll catch up with you at the back end. Hello, Tajan. Welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I was thinking maybe what we can do is start with a little bit of your career story. Uh, I know that you are a life coach today, but kind of talk to us a little bit about how you became a life coach. What made you want to pursue this field of work? Right. So I've always been drawn to
0: personal development work and have always been a student of that, really. Um, So... Since I was maybe 12, in my mind, I knew that my purpose was to really be a great student and gather lessons in order to ultimately teach. And so I've been really approaching being a student that way. So I was in many ways preparing myself for a profession that had no identifiable name at the time. But by just following my passions, my curiosities, my interests, ultimately led me there. So I spent a lot of time approximating it, certainly, um, as like a biology teacher. But I was really kind of coaching. And then at some point, I finally took the plunge and got more formally trained and began my practice. But it's interesting that as soon as I started Practicing more formally, a lot of my friends were like, "Oh, you know, this totally makes sense that you would do that because you you've been coaching me um, informally for years, you know." So that was how I kind of made that transition.
1: Gotcha. You you know you said, and, and I do remember lately, or not lately, but in the last few years, the term life coaching obviously has become more common, or it's, we we hear of it more and more. But there was a time when this didn't have a name or maybe if it had a name, we weren't very much conscious about it. So did you meet a life coach or how did you actually figure out that life coaching is it? Or
0: I was definitely a student of many life coaches. So I've definitely kind of followed several life coaches since kind of teen years, really. Just kind of being exposed to my teachers made me realize that, you know, I was really being prepared to teach myself and assimilating content as a student in my own way for my own audience.
1: And so how does one become a life coach? So it's
0: an unregulated field in the sense that there's no formal training that one must take. So there are actually many life coaches who are out there who are not credentialed. Um, I still would encourage credentialing um, if and where possible because I still think it makes you a lot more marketable. Um, And there are two major bodies, one of which is called the International Coaching Federation that people can look up that credentials coaches. And it's a pretty rigorous process, so you do have to go through kind of formal training as well as exams, kind of continuing education courses. There's as well as a demonstration of several practice hours that are paid by clients in order to be credentialed at their lowest level. Got it. That's kind of the formal process. But there are many people who are practicing who aren't credentialed in part because um, it's not as if people are knowing that there should be an expectation of a credential when you work with a life coach or a career coach for that matter.
1: Right. 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 And I, you know, I think there is, as these phrases become more part of the common sort of, uh, parlance out there, right? So we hear coaches, life coaches, business coaches, consulting, or, and so could you maybe, um, talk a little bit, at least from your perspective, Tajan, what life coaching is really and what, uh, how is it different from, say, talk therapy? Because some people are saying, well, isn't that just just like talk therapy?
0: Right. It's actually entirely different from therapy and much more familiar to people than people realize. Hmm. So it's very much similar to sports coaching. Um, so I use this as an analogy often because that's something that people can wrap their minds around. So if you think about an athlete who's professional and at their highest level. You could say to yourself, well, if I'm Usain Bolt and I'm a track athlete, why do I need a coach? Doesn't he already know how to run? does he already know how to train? Why do you need a coach? So the, the, the purpose of a coach is really to help and support people who are functional go from being functional to being really highly functional. So taking them to the next level, whatever that next level is. So it's about figuring out what the goals of the clients are and helping them forward that by providing um, or encouraging them to the self inquiry where possible, connecting them to resources where appropriate and, Serving as an accountable, reliable, objective person who mm-hmm. is kind of your cheerleader on the journey, so it's really very and and you know you can think of group level coaching as kind of team based coaching too, where you're working with teams to help them go to the next level um and we see that in sports and we take it for granted you know that of course you have to have a coach that's a given like there's no athlete that has no coach but really um it's 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 pretty much the same kind of dynamic
1: that's excellent analogy thank you so much for sharing that because you're right i mean so for example like i watch a lot of tennis and the tennis players even the top of the game actually the the all of the people are at the top of their games have coaches and so to your point why do they need a coach don't they already the fact that they're at the top of the game means that they already are great tennis players
0: yeah absolutely so everybody needs somebody who's kind of holding their agenda in a unique way in the way that a coach does in an objective way that a friend can't that sometimes even you can't. That's actually going to challenge your thinking, right? Because a lot of the times, you know, we get in our own way based on our own limiting beliefs and our own negative self chatter that goes unchecked, right? And so the idea is that a coach is going to excavate that with you, and
1: challenge you ultimately. And so, what if someone says, "Well, I don't. Shouldn't I just go to a, a like a therapist instead?" So the, the, if, so
0: there's some clients who aren't eligible for coaching. So if there's any unresolved trauma, historical trauma, childhood trauma that a client is facing, who may come into my sphere in a session, Mm -hmm. then I would refer that client to co to therapy. So there are many situations in which Um, people may come to you, prospects may come to you who are not really eligible for coaching. They're eligible for therapy. And after going through successful therapy, then they can probably start um, a coaching process. So it's really, therapy is much more past oriented and looking at emotional trauma from your past and helping you resolve that ultimately. Whereas coaching is a lot more future oriented and kind of looking at, where you are and where you want to go, and kind of helping you map that process and supporting you as you take action.
1: Got it. Got it. So I yeah. like what you just said. Just now, Tasha, when you said, you know, um, if you're if someone is ready for coaching, and so let's say someone's listening, you know, the person's listening to our conversation today and saying, well how do I know if I'm ready for coaching? What would you, you know, suggest that, how do I know that I am ready for coaching?
0: If you're looking to really move from where you are to the next phase with as fast as you can, with the least pain possible, then a coach can only serve as a catalyst to that process. The coach is a catalyst to a process that may happen on its own, but you may spin your wheels in mud for years and you may work with a coach for a few months and take quantum leaps. Mm. So the coach is the catalyst. The coach is the fire under the pot that is speeding up a process that naturally wants to happen anyway. Got it. And so, you know, when you're feeling stuck, in whatever that might be, whether that's a bad relationship, a bad job, you know once you're feeling stuck. And so if you're in that position of feeling stuck and not knowing exactly how to navigate from where you are to where you want to be, then a then then a coach is ideal for you. That's a key telltale sign that a coach can help.
1: Now in terms of time investment so again if I was thinking I think I'm ready to be coached how much time should I you know reasonably expect to uh, invest in the relationship
0: right I think you know it may vary uh, from person to person so certainly one-on-one coaching is a lot more expensive than group level coaching um, so, for example, working one on one with someone is intensive. Mm-hmm. um coaches typically work hourly with their clients, and that might be weekly bi weekly at a frequency determined by the client and coach mm-hmm. and I would say a minimum of ten sessions is where you start seeing significant change that can be measured. So most coaches actually take have clients take assessments so that they can see and map their own progress um, over time. Uh, Group level coaching offerings would be cheaper because, again, it's a one to many model, Mm -hmm. but you can certainly still derive significant benefit from that.
1: Got it. Got it. And then and then I would imagine and in you know, full disclosure, I have never been part of a group coach sort of group coaching arrangements. I've only had one on one coaching. Uh, so when you are involved with a group coaching, does that mean that, um you know, your your challenges are out in the open with the group that you are with? So it's so kind of like you've if if that's a concern for the individual, do you know what I'm talking about? So, like, does that mean everybody knows what everybody's going through?
0: More often than not, yes. So, um, certainly, there has to be some assurance of confidentiality among the group. And typically, uh, there are many different coaches that approach this differently. But the way I approach group coaching is to have... Groups of people center around the same issue. So I specifically work with folks who are in mid-career transitions. And so my retreat processes that include an incorporate group coaching would involve people who are kind of in the same place. They have a common they have a common problem and they're kind of walking through a similar process while receiving coaching in a group setting.
1: Got it. That makes sense. Well, that is actually a good segue, uh Tajan. I'm, I'm I'm thank you for for mentioning that because when we started chatting with each other on the on via email, I think one of the things you mentioned that really sparked my curiosity. is You said something along the lines of, you know, how career, you know, typical career assessments are not sufficient for identifying your calling your true professional calling and so could you maybe spend a few minutes to talk to us about that what did you mean by that and what should we be doing instead of career assessments which are like out there on the internet interwebs
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so i think career assessments are great but on their own the kind of information that you can get from them is really limited so the The real, at the heart of it, career assessments ignore the intuitive guidance systems that we all have. And in many ways, our culture has convinced us to mistrust. And so there's almost like a miseducation that we've received around our intuitive guidance and our ability to rely on and trust that and harness it. And so there's kind of a re-education or refamiliarization process that has to happen. And mid-career transitions are especially scary for most people than early career decisions. And oftentimes, just looking at a career assessment alone, you're just getting a sense of kind of maybe, Careers that might be a good fit for you based on a very myopic way at looking at your your who you are as a person. Mm. It's very one dimensional. It completely ignores um, some emotional and spiritual aspects of what it means to be human.
1: So to be clear, <sighs> um, to be clear for for the people who are listening, we're talking about career assessments like, you know, personality, quizzes or you know, uh, type MBTI, type you know those kinds of stuff where it yeah. sorts of tells you based on your personality preferences or all that kinds of stuff. These are the careers that would fit your type, right? That's what we're talking about, right? Absolutely, and um, you know, in
0: many ways, we're educating a generation for a future that we can't imagine,
1: mm.
0: and so. Taking myself as as an example, there's no way that as a high schooler, even in college, that anybody could look at my interests, skills, passions, et cetera, and say, oh, yes, life coach, because such a profession did not exist. Right. However. I of my own accord, because I was unobstructed by parents. Who weren't trying to dictate exactly what profession I should be in I was given the freedom that you actually need to track your own calling mm. and I use the term track to mean, you know as you would track in 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 the wild mm-hmm. right so kind of picking up on your own warm trail as to what the next what the next thing is, and what the next interest is, and where what you're curious about, which is very unique to me, completely different for you, Lou, or completely different for somebody else. Mm. And so, by walking my clients through that kind of a process, helping them harness their own intuition, helping them kind of track um, and follow the warm trail of their passions, in addition and in complement with the career assessments gives a more rounded picture that completely accounts for the
1: multidimensionality of who we are. Hey, my friend, I just want to ask you a favor. My mission for Second Break's podcast is to highlight all the ways that we can make a career move in today's world so we can thrive in our work and reach our highest potential. And I need your help with this mission. You can do two small things. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And if you have enjoyed the show and the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you would take a brief moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Simply go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will take you directly to iTunes. By subscribing to the show and leaving me a review, you will help me tremendously in reaching more career professionals who can benefit the most from this podcast. Thank you so much. So you talked about, I think you mentioned something about, I don't know if this is something that you suggest uh, or if there's a a material that you could point us to, but you talked about three steps that we can do to figure out our professional calling. And uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, And I
0: outlined those three steps um, in a workbook that I have but basically the first step is really getting clarity mm. around what your what your what you're calling is and doing so by yes some of the career assessments but also some non-traditional methods as well and certainly the more non-traditional methods you'll know like if you haven't gone down that road then doing so with the support of a coach in a retreat process, um, or one-on-one is really helpful. It's really hard to do that on your own. If you don't naturally do that, you might need, if, if that's not something that you naturally do, if that's been stamped out of you, mm-hmm. then you're going to need support with it. So there's that clarification piece. And then there's a the whole piece, the second piece around addressing limiting beliefs, um, that are gonna come up if you're doing a bold career transition that seems really risky. Um, In my experience, what I really like about group processes and having people in retreat is that people actually need community, like you need it. It's not a nice thing to have, but you actually need a supportive community of people who are transitioning as you are to help you not give force to your fears because you're going to talk yourself out of it but if you have a community that's walking with you mm-hmm. it's harder it's harder to do that so you need supportive community it's essential um and we often don't realize that but that's that's crucial and then ultimately you know your your action planning your you know, getting resources that you need and support that you need, creating kind of a really specific, clear action plan that you can hold yourself accountable to or you and your coach can hold yourself accountable to that walks you right through that journey as you transition.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that um, you outlined this in a workbook. Is this something that the listeners could take advantage over where they can where can they access that workbook?
0: Absolutely. It's a free workbook that I'm, that I have on my website. Um, and so you can get that by going to www.tajan, that's T-A-J-A-N Renderos, R-E-N-D-E-R-O-S dot com slash freebie. And there is that really, it's, it's a tight, but really thorough workbook that kind of, if you feel like you want to kind of go through these steps on your own. It helps you kind of walk you through a process, has lots of other links out to several video blogs that I've done kind of on some of these topics that can support you as you're transitioning.
1: Perfect. And I will definitely include a link to that on the show notes. Uh, but do you kind of, I I I heard you mentioned something about, or you use the term retreat uh, a couple of times. And I know, I think I... I saw something on your website as well where you were talking about how sometimes we need to remove ourselves from our day. If we really wanted to tap into that side of us that we could very easily talk ourselves out of is that sometimes we need to remove ourselves from our day-to-day so can you talk a little bit because i think we're getting this is the time of the year or towards the end of the year when people want to do some reflection and that kind of stuff and so could you talk a little bit about the benefit of removing yourself from your you know day-to-day to to, you know to really understand kind of what you want to do
0: absolutely um because i've done so much career coaching one-on-one um At some point, I realized that people can make faster, quicker quantum leaps when they're removed from the situations that have them really caught up. So kind of their daily grind of waking up, feeding the dog, going to work and that daily hamster wheel. You really have to come off of the hamster wheel in order to get clarity and travel. And transformational retreat processes are an exceptional way to do that quickly. So it's not just another yoga retreat, but it's actually a transformational retreat process where you're getting group level coaching, career coaching from experts, but you're doing so in a location that has been designed, picked, and everything taken care of for you to support you and others who are in that same process. So it's, it's I term them transformational retreats for that reason because it really, it really is an opportunity for, for you to get clarity faster than you really could when you're on that hamster wheel
1: because because why we get distracted or because the priorities, the the urgent matters are always the ones that are going to to take priority or absolutely. All of that, and it
0: to any creative process requires mindfulness requires a certain amount of silence and calm. And when we're in our daily grind, it's really hard to be still enough for many people, not for everybody, but it's really hard to be still enough to get that kind of clarity, not to mention you owe it to yourself to invest in yourself and give yourself an opportunity to really get clarity and go through a process that can support you. And so, I mean, I frequently go on self retreats. just based on if I'm hitting up on, on blocks that where I can't get clarity, I'll go off on a self retreat and create my own process in order to gain clarity and move through it. And invariably I will always do so. And so this is kind of the same idea, Mm. but in a, in a group level. So I'm currently um, putting on a retreat next year, um, September in Negril, Jamaica, um, And if folks are curious about that, you can check that out at um, LiveYourCallingRetreat.com. But basically, that's the idea of it as well, where it's it's about giving people that opportunity.
1: And you'll know if it's the right fit. And it's also just removing yourself from the weeds, right? Because sometimes we can't see, you know, if you're so like, if you're in that problematic sort of, you know, space, it's hard to figure out kind of what you want to do next. Um, And so is this, I'm just curious, is this something that you do annually? uh, Or is this a regular thing that you do for the people that you work with, Tashan?
0: Yes, I would say it's going to be annually. And I'm from Jamaica, so it's kind of, it's a lot easier for me to organize things there. So beautiful
1: Jamaica. (laughs) And all of that helps. Yes, absolutely.
0: All of that is a part of it. All of that supports the work that's happening.
1: Absolutely. That's yeah. good. Well, I'll definitely in- <laughs> uh, include a link to that as well on the show notes. So two more questions, uh, Tajan, before I, um, I let you go for today. Um, one is, uh, you know, what's a recent book, a book that you have recently read, fiction or nonfiction, that you could recommend?
0: I would strongly recommend a return to love. It by Marianne Williamson. It took me so long to read it. It's, it was on my list for forever, and it, I just didn't read it. But it's based on her own reflections on a course in miracles, and she's certainly a very well quoted uh, teacher. Um, so Nelson Mandela quoted her in in one of his addresses, and people associate that quote with him, but it's actually her quote that he pulled, meaning the, the quote, and I'm paraphrasing, but the quote about, you know, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are um, powerful beyond measure. It's our power rather. It's from her and it's in that book. So it's a really good book for you to, it just breaks down kind of every aspect of life um, that's, Highlighted in A Course in Miracles and just kind of her reflections on that. So it's kind of a modern day perspective on 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 that book. Um, But but with her teaching and her flavor, which is which is really good. And many, many quotables there. A lot of people draw from her work.
1: That's good. Thank you for that. And then last question, where can people find you online?
0: So. The website, as I had mentioned before, is tajanrenderis.com. And I know that's hard to spell. So um, I, I will can put a link. Yeah. That, you can get to that in the show notes. And on Facebook, I'm at T. Renderis Coaching. And for those of you who are interested in a retreat, um, that's LiveYourCallingRetreat.com.
1: Perfect. Beautiful. Well, this has been a great conversation, Tajan. Thank you so much. And I know, you know, especially the part when we were talking about life coaching and you um, shining the light and really explaining what it's about is going to be very helpful for the people who are considering it and, and not really sure whether it's for them. So thank you so much. You know, I enjoyed this chat.
0: I enjoyed it too. Thank you so much for having
1: me that's a wrap for today's episode my friend you can find the show notes plus links to other relevant resources at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode nine. and hey don't forget to sign up for the four pivot essentials while you're there if you have any comments or questions about today's topic or if you have questions for Tajan you can leave a comment in the show notes or you can tweet me at second breaks or you can even send me an email lou at secondbreaks.com I would love, love, love to hear from you and uh, start a conversation offline. We're now in episode 29, so we've got a pretty good backlist of episodes now. You can download past episodes in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or even better, subscribe to the podcast so you won't ever have to miss any of the future episodes. Speaking of future episodes, I will be back next week with a new guest to share her career story, to inspire you, to get your ideas flowing, and to motivate you to start thinking about your next career move. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans.
0: This is the Second Breaks Podcast.